Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 291 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about a flexed knee gait, mechanisms, and management. We'll be going over the injuries that cause a flexed knee gait. We'll be discussing some of the mechanisms of why people walk with a flex knee posture. And we'll talk about the management recommendations to correct a flex knee gait and so much more. But before we get started, I'd like to hear a word from our sponsors. You've all seen the name Chattanooga in rehab clinics. Chattanooga has been a staple for all your traditional clinical equipment needs. And they are now carrying modalities including high-powered laser, focus shockwave, and radial pressure wave devices. These modalities have the ability to transform your practice from both a clinical and revenue standpoint. Trust me, I have patients traveling over an hour to come have radial pressure wave treatment in our clinic. Click the link in the show notes to request a quote, schedule an in-person demo, or get more information on their new modalities. You can also visit their website at www.lightforcemedical.com. Welcome back, everyone. So, You've all seen this, you know, patient slides in the third base, they come up, you know, they're kind of got tangled up, they come up with an injured knee. Next day they walk into your office and they have this flexed knee posture. Um, you know, seeing this type of posture can tell you a lot, even before the patient enters your exam room and tells you anything at all. There's a ton of reasons why, you know, someone will have a flexed knee. And today we're going to focus on a few of the common causes that we see in the orthopedic world. Now there are you know, proximal and distal reasons why people may walk with a flexed knee, but we're going to focus pretty much around the knee area today, just so we can kind of keep this somewhat contained. And maybe we talk about those other factors in another podcast. So, you know, what's happening to cause this type of knee posture? And the one I see most oftentimes, and I think is is most common, um, is effusion in the knee. Okay, so we know that if you take a non-injured knee, and simulate effusion, okay? So you inject something into the knee. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you increase the fluid inside the knee, it causes distension. Um, the knee will more often than not start to flex into the loose pack position, which is about 20 to 30 degrees, right? And um, so we know that that is quite common when there's fluid inside the capsule um, and that increases, that just pushes the knee right into flexion, okay? So effusion also causes quad suppression, but I want you to save that thought for later and we'll be discussing, you know, quad suppression and, and why people flex their knee because of that. Um, so what causes an effusion? Well, it's pretty much any injury that causes intraarticular damage, such as an ACL tear, a PCL tear, a meniscus tear, um, an intraarticular fracture, osteoarthritis, um, you know, anything that causes inflammation inside that capsule and increased swelling can cause effusion, and effusion can cause a flexed knee posture, okay? Unlike extra-articular structures, you know, like the patella tendon, the prepatella bursa, and LCL, um, those will cause localized swelling near those anatomical locations, but not necessarily cause an intra-articular effusion. 
right? So understanding the brush test is very important. Um, I love that test. That really kind of helps me when I see the patient with this flex knee posture. If they have a flex knee and there's no fusion in the knee, I really need to be thinking about either some sort of a weakness or some sort of a, a structure that is too tight, not allowing the knee to straighten out. But we'll cover some of that in a little bit. So just by looking at that flex knee, um, right there, you can hone in your evaluation just by identifying the cause of the flex knee, okay? And that may be a fusion alone. Now, some people will develop some posterior capsular tightness. So if you develop posterior capsular tightness when the knee is in the you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 degree flex position, you're going to have a hard time straightening that out both actively and passively, all right? So sometimes if the knee is left in the flex position for too long, let's say after an injury or after surgery, um, and that's not addressed early on, they may end up with some, you know, permanent posterior capsular tightness, which causes them to walk with a flexed knee posture. I mean, I've seen people who have really who've had ACL reconstructions and you know two years down the road they were still walking with a flex knee because um, that posterior capsule uh, just became so stiff and tight and nobody addressed it and uh, and focused on you know, optimizing that mobility back there and it, you've got to do this early on because if you wait too long uh, it may be too difficult to get back so um, another reason why somebody might develop a posterior capsular tightness could be that they're sleeping with a pillow under their knee so they've developed some knee pain or maybe they They've had a total knee replacement or um, they've they, they had a knee injury and it's just more comfortable, of course, to leave it in that loose pack position. But recently we had somebody who tore their ACL and uh, meniscus and uh, was sleeping with a pillow under their knee. And I'm like, man, every time they came in, they were just so flexed and walked with a really, you know, flexed knee posture. And um, so I said, are you sleeping with a pillow under your knee? And she said, oh, absolutely. It's the most comfortable position I can get into. I said, well, why don't we try going away from that for a couple of days? You can sleep with the leg elevated with the knee in more of an extended position. Let's just see what happens. Well, she came in the next visit and had gained like 10 to 15 degrees of extension. Um, and she said, you know, it took me a night or two to get used to it, but I was able to sleep uh, much better. And now I feel like I can move my leg a lot better. So, you know, that's a simple little thing. And it still happens. It happens all the time. People, you know, will have surgery and still put a pillow under their knee. So, you know, just reiterate that to them. Uh, make sure that if they do the pillow under the knee, it's under the whole leg and it keeps the leg as straight as possible. Um, so, and then the next thing that we can that that can cause posterior capsular tightness is post-operative arthrofibrosis so that whole capsular tissue just starts to harden down um, and typically that happens in the loose pack position so you lose flexion you lose extension but extension is seems to be always the hardest to get back um, you know so you want to try to address those early also number three Post-op ACL cyclops lesions, all right? So some patients will present with this flexed knee. Maybe they're, you know, 8, 10, 12 weeks after surgery, and uh, they you've been working on this extension and working on it and working on it and working on it, giving them exercise to do at home. Maybe they're using devices to help keep their knee in full extension, and the thing just pops back into 20 degrees of flexion. Well, they may have a cyclops lesion, okay? So an excessive amount of, um, you know, scar tissue around... Uh, uh, around the uh, the holes where the ACL go through and uh, through the tunnels. And then even right near the ACL in the interconjugal or notch, and that can really fill that space up. And it doesn't really matter what you do. 
It's a reaction that some patients get. It's not o- it's not always because uh, you delayed trying to extend the knee, uh, but there are, are many different reasons why people get it. But if you try to extend that knee and it keeps popping right back like a spring, um, and you maybe you spend you know, 10, 15 minutes trying to get it into extension and it pops right back up, or by the end of the session, they're still back into their previously knee flexed position. And it, you know you have to be thinking about a cyclops lesion. The other thing that you could do is when you when you extend that knee passively, um, if it causes pain in the anterior aspect of the knee, they it you know that's a sign that they could have a cyclops. That's also a sign they could have what the next one is is a Hoffa fat pad impingement. All right, so the um, the infrapatella fat pad is just enlarged. It's an infl- it's inflamed and it's getting stuck between the the femur and the tibia anteriorly. So when you push them into extension, that gets pinched, causes a lot of pain. The fat pads are a little uncomfortable when you put your thumb and index finger on them while they're extending, um, and that's definitely something to look into um, if they are still not getting good extension. Um, so number five. Let's go back to when we first started with effusion and I talked about quad shutdown. Um, what can happen is uh, because the quad is shut down because of reflex inhibition, the patient has this lot less loss of control in the knee. So what they might do to try to find the most stable position is they're going to co-contract the quads and the hamstrings while the knee is in the slightly flexed position to give themselves a sense of stability. All right. And, um, and, and that is an important mechanism. It's kind of like, you know, a body safety mechanism to help support the knee better. Um, but it can tell you something. It can tell you that there is either a frank instability of the knee or the quads, hamstrings are just shut down and they're just not firing at the right time. So they're just finding that comfortable position, um, which is usually slightly flexed because when you get into full extension, uh, if they're ACL deficient, uh, they're going to feel like they're going to go into hyperextension. And that fear of hyperextension is a reason to get into that slightly flexed position and co-contract the uh, quads and the hamstrings. Um, the next one uh, would be you know, osteoarthritis of the knee. Oftentimes, osteoarthritis will cause effusion in the knee, but it'll also cause some osteophyte formation, some fibrosis around the uh, knee joint and in the capsule. And, you know, sometimes you just push that knee into extension and uh, you have so many spurs on the anterior side of the femur and uh, on the condyles and, and on the anterior tibial plateau that they're just hitting together and it's just super painful. And so they just avoid it and uh, flex the knee a little bit when they walk. Um, so let's talk, I mean, we, I'd be remiss to not talk about some treatment tips here as we um, talk about this this lack of extension and this flexed knee posture when people are walking. So, you know, I feel that effusion is one of the number one reasons why people walk with a flexed knee. So, you know, let's get to the cause. Do they have a torn meniscus? Do they have a torn ACL? I mean, do those have to be managed surgically? Um, you know, if they have this effusion, you know, sometimes just non-steroidal anti-inflammatories with some compression, a nice compression sleeve, uh, elevation of the leg uh, can all help decrease that effusion and uh, therefore 
you know, get you out of that loose pack position and start to walk a little more normally with more extension. All right. You decrease the effusion, you increase the quad activation, uh, and then they have this, uh, they're able to extend the knee actively a little bit better. Um, try sleeping with the legs straight. Okay. I know it sounds simple, uh, but it's a little more painful sometimes, but that can be a helpful way to get out of that flex knee posture. Um, and then identify, is this thing locked or not? Is there a cyclops lesion that is physically obstructing the ability of the ACL to get into a good position and to screw home at the right time um, and not be too locked up before you go into extension. Is there a bucket handle meniscus tear in there? You know, do you try to push and it's super sharp pain uh, and you just cannot get that comfortable stretch? Maybe you're limited more by pain than you are by stretch. Um, that is something to consider. Those people need to get back to ortho and you should have a conversation with the uh, orthopedist about that. I like to do a lot of low load, long duration stretches, and I can show you some videos I've done, you know, uh, stuff on Instagram and, and also on my YouTube channel where I have tons of videos about how to um, promote getting knee extension, good knee extension in different ways. Okay, there there's uh, many different ways you can get extension. Some people will tolerate some better than others, um, but I probably have six or seven videos on how to do that with different ways and mechanisms of doing it. So um, be sure to check those out. I'll try to add those all into the show notes today. Um, the other thing that can cause a lack of extension of the knee is, uh, you know, hamstring tightness. You know, you've done that Lockman test on somebody before. And as you, uh, go ahead and do that Lockman, they're just like tighten their hamstrings up and they just can't relax them. Um, try fatiguing those hamstrings before doing low load, long duration stretches, you know, things like tantrums where the patient's on their stomach and you've got a stability ball, uh, on their, uh, on their back or on the buttocks. And they're kind of flexing really hard. Like they're throwing a tantrum up against the ball and really just kind of fatiguing those ham hamstrings before pushing into extension and that can work nicely um, it's kind of a, a pnf uh, technique that can um, help to uh, allow those hamstrings to relax while you stretch them and um, in my opinion the best way to get and maintain the extension especially with ambulation is to activate the quads get those quads turned on all right it might be biofeedback it might be Russian stimulation um, patella stimulation you're just firing up those quads getting a good quad set getting a good straight leg raise you know with good extension no extensor lag can really be the key um, to getting you back to walking without a flex knee posture. So that is, uh, you know, what I have for you today, folks. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of information in today's podcast uh, about, you know, walking with a flex knee posture. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel where we have 500 plus videos of all kinds of orthopedic and some neurological conditions, um, especially with patients who actually have some of these injuries and some of these issues. So be sure to check those out. If you ever want to look up something like, let's say, um, Hoffa Fat Pad Syndrome or how to do a special test. Just um, utilize my name, Paul Marquis, with that orthopedic condition and it'll pop right up. And uh, you can even see some of the playlists with um, multiple patients with multiple issues. Um, and so you can see the real thing in uh, in action. Um, I'm also on Instagram where I give short tidbits of educational content. Um, and uh, some people really enjoy that where we don't spend you know, five or 10 minutes, but it might be, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of uh, check this one particular issue out 
and um, be sure to uh, check that out. And then, of course, we have our website, orthoevalpal.com. Um, you know, you can check that out where we have courses and uh, webinars and ebooks and all kinds of great educational information. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. Be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.